Charmed, and welcome back to Let Me Ruin Your Life with me, Serena Shahidi. Three episodes, three weeks in a row. Can you believe it? Can you believe that I'm actually doing what I, what I expected and sort of in a way promised when I started a podcast? I can't believe it. I have trouble doing things a lot of the time, so I'm very proud of myself that I am doing things and recording right now. I hope I'm at the right volume because this is sounding very quiet in my headphones, but it's looking fine on Audacity. For some reason, it's like a different volume in my ears every time I record, and I I can't figure out why. I don't think I'll ever figure out why, to be honest. I'm not great at the technical aspect of all this. I, oh my God, at one point, I was trying to do, like, I had the idea for an in-person podcast, and I wanted to do it with two other people. It was actually with my friend and his recent ex-boyfriend, who I'm also friends with. I was like, that would be a blast. That would be so much fun, but I would have to figure out how to do it. Because when you record, here's some insider information, as if I'm, like, part of an industry. I'm recording inside my room. Here's some insider information, though. If you record a podcast with one microphone, when it's just you or maybe someone over Zoom, all you have to do is plug in a USB and there you go. That's the end of the story. For some reason, if another, God forbid, microphone gets involved, you have to have this whole DJ setup where you attach them to some thing that has a bunch of knobs on it. It gets more complicated than what I know what to do with. And I asked my friend, who I actually work with, like how I would be able to record in person with multiple microphones. And he was basically like, you're not going to figure it out. (laughs) Which is so true. And I love that he, he gets me and he gets what my limitations are. And he was just like, if you want to do that, you're going to have to rent out a podcast studio, which is true. But they are very expensive to the point where when I had the idea in my head that I could record with multiple microphones, that there was a chance in hell that I would figure out how to do it. I had the brilliant idea where I was like, okay, I don't have room anywhere in my apartment because all I have, I have roommates and no living space. So it's just my bedroom. There's no room. Like I'm recording three feet away from my twin bed. That's sort of the setup in here. So I was thinking, okay, if I did that, I could just book a by the hour sex hotel, like a room in one of those by the hour hotels that people go to to participate in activities that shall not be named. And we could just sit. I don't know. Is there even a desk in there? I guess we wouldn't want to sit on the bed, but that was my brilliant idea. And honestly, if I ever figure out how to use multiple microphones at once, I might do that because that was absolutely 100% a stroke of genius on my part. No, no pun intended. Ew. Anyway, welcome back. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here today. Thank you if you're listening because the last episode sort of flopped. Not to be ungrateful. And also, to be fair, I spent, if if I recall correctly, I did spend half of that episode doing a very passionate endorsement of a very terribly rated Adam Sandler movie. So I guess I understand why nobody would send that to their friends and be like, you have got to check this out. You have got to hear this girl's thoughts on Hubie Halloween. How could you possibly miss it? 
yeah, it didn't do well. And normally I don't particularly care about numbers. But when something is like half or a third of the reach you usually get, it's easy to be like, okay, so it's over for me. You know what I mean? But it's not over for me. Okay, just to clarify, this podcast will continue to evolve. And I'm sure hits are to come. I mean, no promises, but I'm pretty sure. So, you know, send this to a friend if you feel bad for me for flopping. No, actually, there are like, there are perks to flopping. I experience a lot more gratitude in my life when I'm flopping. It makes me so much more grateful, like for the people who are still here. So if you're listening, love you. Kisses, kisses. Like when my, you know, numbers on here and on TikTok and stuff were still at their peak. When was that? Like a a year or two ago? I don't know. I really didn't care that much. I didn't. I guess it was just so new to me. And they just kept rolling in that I was like, I won't give this a second thought. But after my little, you know, depressive era, when I wasn't creating anything, I came back and people were still here. And that's so exciting. And I'm very grateful. So thank you. And congratulations to anyone who lived through my Hubie Halloween episode. I really, really appreciate it. This is another solo episode. I have not had a guest on in a bit. But you know what? I am getting suggestions. And not just from you guys, which I always love. But in my email inbox, I'm getting a few suggestions. I keep getting emails from this agency. I think it's only one agency. And, you know, with love, love to them, they're sending emails suggesting guests for the podcast. Like they're, I'm assuming they're clients. I'm assuming they're not just like sending me random people that they think would be on brand. And if that is what they're doing, they're getting it a a little bit wrong. I'm not going to lie, because this agency or agencies absolutely do not do their research. I'm assuming, honestly, that these emails like automatically go out just to random podcasts, maybe with certain demographics, because they are sending me like women specifically who are the main listeners of this podcast. But they keep pitching like the most random people who either either it's like they grew a skincare line by 11%, which I remember tweeting about and saying, if I cared about people who have achieved corporate success, I'd start actually asking my dates about themselves for once. Or they're like some sort of spiritual leader. And let me clarify, if anyone from that agency is listening, I do not want you to stop pitching. This is not me suggesting that you stop email me. I would have said something already or just sent everything to spam, created a Gmail filter, as I often do. I am so entertained by these suggestions. I love them so much. I mean, just as a few examples, one of these potential guests created an empowering jewelry line. Like, that that was her thing. That was the pitch. And how, how very 2022 is that? Can anyone just create something? Can anyone just start a company without the intent of empowering anyone? Like it's a company. You know what I mean? I do think 
companies should have some social obligations in a certain sense. But does every piece of jewelry we wear have to be something that was created with the intent of empowerment? What does that even mean? What does that mean? I mean, I guess, sure, like, dressing up and wearing things can make you feel empowered. So can like, going for a walk. Nobody's being sent to me like this girl is endorsing going for a walk to empower women. And you know what? Someone should. Because that that's real. And that's a lot more empowering than wearing jewelry. But you know what? It's free. And that's why it'll never happen. Because the only things that can ever be empowering are things that make a company money. As we know. Another potential guest was someone, maybe she was a sex coach or something like that. But one of the things listed about her was that she once went to this exclusive sex club. And I'm like, girl, that's a Tuesday for me. No, it's not. But the funny part is, if it is the sex club that I am thinking of, because I do have a very exclusive sex club in mind, I dated someone who became part owner. Like, I think I'm the expert. I think I'm the sex coach or whatever she was. You're pitching that to me? I have their balance sheet. No, I don't. Actually, never went to one of the parties. So she does probably know more than me. But it is funny to have that connection. I was invited to the parties. Let me clarify. I'm not a loser. I could have gone, but I didn't want to because it's like, I don't want to participate. And also, I don't, necessarily want to see that because I don't know who's gonna show up but other suggestions of theirs have been like women who have had spiritual awakenings which you know good for them congratulations to them or they're like a Pilates coach girl the podcast is called let me ruin your life what's not clear what's not clear about that you want me to endorse Pilates on let me ruin your life I mean I guess Pilates might ruin your life. There's certainly a chance. But I'm so, I've been so entertained by those emails. And maybe they will send me someone I'm actually interested in one day. But for the most part, I just think it's funny that there's this phenomenon online where because everyone has started sharing their lives online and sharing their expertise And often random people will sort of blow up on social media. Now, people who are very corporate and that's what their life and their personality revolves around are like, oh, I can get in on this. I'm next. Everyone is going to want to find out how I ran this company. And it's like, no, you're seeing people do well on social media because they're interesting or because there's something interesting about you know, something surrounding them. Just because people are sharing their lives on social media and your life revolves around some company does not mean that that's what you should be sharing. Most people, I would venture to say almost everyone, does not care. And that's sort of fun. Anyway, did you guys vote? Did you guys vote? I voted. And I have to say, what fun. Voting in the midterms. I had a fantastic time. The lady at the front desk, very chic, huge glasses, big square glasses. And I love a girl 
with big square glasses. Also, I said, I walked in, I said hello to Miss Big Glasses, and she was just like, yes. And I was like, well, I'd like to vote, please. And I kind of love that she didn't just assume. She was like, maybe this girl is here. Maybe she's lonely. Maybe she just likes walking into buildings. Maybe she saw the arrows pointing to this building and she was just like, I love to follow an arrow. There's nothing I love more than following an arrow. Follow your arrow, Casey Musgraves. Great song. Then when I did vote, you know when you feel so good about just a regular day-to-day social interaction? You just walk away being like, I killed that. I killed that. Because I'm not a person who's good at like small talk humor. I'm not someone who's going to make the cashier laugh. I don't have many jokes about the weather or about how long the line is or anything like that. That's simply not my forte. But in this moment, I was so impressed with myself. I never make anyone laugh in situations like this. But I went to vote and there was no pen in the booth. And I was like, should there be a pen in there? I don't have a pen. And they were like, oh yeah, we haven't been great with that today. And I, brilliant, brilliant, genius mind, just an absolute charmer, I was like, oh, I was kind of worried you guys would be like, she's too stupid to find the pen. You're not allowed to vote. And I made all the elderly people laugh. They laughed and laughed, all the old people. We had so much fun in that moment, in those five seconds. And I walked out, I mean, like I just did my civic duty, both of voting in the midterms and of just absolutely killing it, just crushing it. Uh, what else is new? I'm, I am a different girl now because last night I watched half of Don't Worry Darling, which is a movie that is just, it's so fresh. It's so new. I'm very ahead of the curve in that sense. I mean, I haven't seen a single article about Don't Worry Darling. I haven't seen anyone discuss it. So I'm really excited to start the conversation as one of the most knowledgeable people about it in the world, as someone who watched half of it last night. And you know what? I mean, I knew I would be entertained by Don't Worry Darling because I loved the Stepford Wives remake, 2004. That also did not do well, did not get great reviews. But anyway, here are my thoughts so far. Halfway into the movie, I guess kind of spoilers. I mean, I'm kind of spoiling the vibe, but not actual spoilers because I know there's a plot twist at the end, and I'm sure I know what it is on some level. But what I will say so far, I expected, and maybe this is my fault, maybe this is on me, when I pressed play on hbomax.com, play.hbomax.com, let's clarify, I expected what I normally expect from a movie, which is to have some, to sort of have multiple narratives running. You know how you watch a movie and there are typically multiple characters having some sort of arc? Like more than one character is developing over time and multiple things happen instead of one thing happening over and over again. That's what I expected and I was surprised because that is not the case. So far, every single scene is something weird happening to Florence Pugh and her being like, that was weird. That's it. That's every scene. And by the way, can I just say I tweeted that 
and someone was like, oh, yeah, what? A movie is just a collection of scenes. This is new to you. Have you seen a movie before? What movies have you seen where every single scene over and over is the same character having the same experience? Is that normal to you? What are you watching? I'd like to know because I don't think I've ever experienced that in my life. It's entirely new to me. So excuse me. I do think I'll watch the second half tonight, so maybe my opinion will change. Maybe something new will happen. I sort of knew what the plot was going into it. I mean, I think I can predict it. I think it's just going to be like something sinister is happening, and this is a, a misogynistic society, which is bad. Just that groundbreaking, groundbreaking idea. It's so unfortunate. So many movies that are like feminist movies. And you know what? I blame the term empowerment. Once again, I'm blaming the term empowerment. I think we're done empowering people. I think, uh, I think I've just about had it with empowerment. But so many movies that are like, this is female empowerment are so bad. I mean, probably my biggest pet peeve in that department, and I don't think this really applies to Don't Worry Darling, but I'll say it anyway. I hate, 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 the strong female character thing. Like, I don't hate strong female characters in general. I think there have been some excellent ones over the years, but recent movies that have prided themselves on having strong female characters, the characters are bad. Like, they're badly written. And I don't think it's particularly progressive to just have these, like, two-dimensional characters. I'm not loving that. I think it's just a, a different side of the same coin as two-dimensional female characters that are just a damsel in distress or something like that. Sure, that's different than having a female character that's a superhero or something, but neither of those are, like, human. Where's the development? Where are the aspects of this being a person, I'm not finding them. To sit here in our goddamn faces and tell us, hey, you bitches should be grateful that there's this character who's a superhero and can win a fight with anyone. That's, that's not anything. And I don't care. And that doesn't make for a good movie. That makes for a Marvel movie. I've never seen a Marvel movie, by the way, but I'm perfectly comfortable talking shit about them. It's a lot like like Colleen Hoover. I feel the same way. Never read any of her books, but I understand the type of person who's really into them. And I'm like, okay, I feel, I feel justified in making a judgment about this. But so many movies now have such a like bizarre understanding of like, what do you think misogyny is? I saw someone point out on TikTok, admittedly, using a sound from God knows where, I don't even think I'd like to know, that was dialogue along the lines of, a woman couldn't kill a man. Uh, yeah, she could, if she had the right motivations. And someone was like, people write this shit on purpose because it's not how misogynists talk. Like, that's not something anyone says ever. And these people making these piece of shit movies or TV shows don't want to be bold enough to critique what's actually going on or to critique the way that misogynists actually are because they're cowards. And I think from my understanding of it so far, halfway through, that's probably the case with Don't Worry Darling, too, in a way. 
of like, isn't it bad that these women are in some sort of misogynistic cult? You're just watching it like, yeah, of course. What is this? What is this supposed to say? I'm just bored. I'm bored with feminist movies. I'm bored with female empowerment. I'm over being empowered. Also, Harry Styles in that movie, neither as good or bad as I would have hoped. Like, he's not a good actor, but it's not like he's so bad that you can't even focus on the movie. So good for him. Also, once again, I'm going to start a sentence with this phrase. I tweeted recently, correct, and congratulations to me, but I tweeted recently something along the lines of, Harry Styles would be so much more likable if he just snapped, just absolutely lost it one day. And it went semi-viral, less than 100,000 likes, so whatever. But a bunch of his fans, a bunch of the, his, his Harry heads or his stylists, oh, that's kind of cute. I wonder if that's their actual name. Maybe it's a bit too on the nose, but they were like, why would you wish that on anyone? Uh, First of all, PR. It would be a great career move for him. So my apologies for rooting for someone's career. And also, you know, when I say I hope someone snaps and I hope someone loses it, which I often do say, I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. I don't necessarily mean I hope they go through a really painful time because there have certainly been times in my life, and I'm sure in all of yours, where you kind of lost it, but in a way that was fun. There are multiple ways to snap. I don't wish a painful snapping on anyone, except for many, many people. But besides them, I don't wish that on anyone. But in general, I just think someone like Harry Styles... He has just been in the spotlight to such an extent for such a long amount of time, like considering the fact that it started when he was a teenager or something like that. I remember that X Factor. That's right. And he's never really lost it in any way. And maybe this is just me being judgmental. And maybe this is me wishing something bad upon someone. But I do kind of feel like I don't trust someone who can handle all that. I think we all have a friend who's just a little too well-adjusted. And of course, you don't wish a painful experience or difficulty navigating life on them. But you are kind of like, I think that would make them better, in a way, hypothetically. Anyway, speaking of celebrities, I have a dark, dark secret to share. I'm actually... I'm, I'm sweating. I'm fanning myself. I mean, that's definitely from the heat being way too high in my apartment. But I'll blame it on this nonetheless. My confession, the new, the new deep issue that I've developed, I have been YouTubing it up recently, watching lots of YouTube videos. And here's the fucked up part. They've been like celebrity videos like wired interviews and stuff and this is just it's so incredibly dark-sided of me I like to consider myself someone who not necessarily isn't interested in celebrities I'm definitely interested in celebrities of course the same way I'm interested in in real people and I like all sorts of gossip 
preferably about people I know, but I'll take celebrity gossip too. That being said, I've never been the type of person who's like, let me watch a video of a celebrity talking about their career, and all of a sudden, I'm there. I'm there. What? Like, can someone tell me what that's a symptom of? And don't get me wrong, I definitely look down on celebrities. I mean, come on, I'm a, I'm a normal girl. And I think that's how a lot of young people feel. I think the tide is the tide is turning. I always am so unsure about the phrases that I say on this podcast. And then I never actually look them up to see if I got them correct. So I, I could truly be getting all of them right and be questioning them for no reason. Or I could be getting all of them wrong. I won't look into it. I think people are starting to look away from traditional celebrities and be like, okay, I can go on social media and find real people who I actually relate to who are creating content by themselves that's easily accessible. People who didn't get there through connections or money or, I mean, a lot of them did. But you know what I mean. I think people are starting to care less about celebrities and that's great. But I made a grave mistake. I started watching the Vanity Fair lie detector test videos. And if you don't know what those are, basically Vanity Fair hooks celebs up to lie detector tests and asks them questions. Some of them are very, you know, do you have a Finsta and stuff no one cares about? Some of them are kind of juicy and they are honestly fun to watch. Mostly because it's so, they create such a tense environment. And those little celebs are trying to crack jokes and make people laugh and absolutely no one breaks. Just dead silence. And I think that's really funny. So I enjoyed those. But that was a gateway drug. All of a sudden, here I am watching Wired autocomplete interviews where celebrities answer the questions that people are Googling about them. I'm watching Tom Holland tell me about where he was born who the fuck is Tom Holland? I mean, I kind of know. I, he's, he's Spider-Man and he's dating Zendaya. But I don't, I don't really know. You think I get Tom Holland? Who does? And, as if it couldn't get any worse, I crossed the final frontier and I watched... I broke. I broke. I watched a few late night clips. It's true. I, I have even stooped so low as to watch James Corden clips. Bless his heart. His series where celebrities either have to answer a very intense question or they have to eat something really gross. I've genuinely sat myself down and been entertained by those. Can someone tell me what's going on psychologically? Because I've always thought anyone who watches Late Night is just so profoundly broken in a way that I really felt for but also didn't necessarily understand. I just thought, what low do you have to be at to watch some celebrity do karaoke with Jimmy Fallon? And it, guess what? I'm at that low. I think I'm at that low. And that's that. I mean, radical self-acceptance, I suppose. What are you going to do? What I will say, James Corden on that little uh, eat the gross thing or answer the big question bit. He is such a coward. I mean, not that that should surprise anyone, but can I just say they ask him the same questions every time. They ask him, who's your least favorite late night host right now? And he goes, 
<laughs> I can't answer that. And then he tries like the bull penis or whatever. He takes the tiniest nibble, immediately spits it out. It's ridiculous. He will pay for that behavior one day. I want to see him just say, fuck Jimmy Kimmel and swallow the bull penis whole. How's that, James Corden? By the way, how funny would it be if a celebrity sat down at the table of gross foods and was like, we should have added an egg yolk almond with a little bit of egg white in there. Wouldn't that be disgusting? Hi, future Serena here, uh, calling in, if you will, from bed. I just wanted to make a little correction. For some reason, I said egg yolk almond instead of omelette, like from the famous James Corden Balthazar scandal of our time. So I just wanted to correct the record real quick. Back to you, past Serena. I think that would kill. That would kill. Anyway, what else is up? Uh, seasons are changing. It's getting colder. We've almost reached the fur days. We've almost reached the time where it's time for me to pull out my fur coat. Maybe tonight, actually, because I think it might be in the 40s, which in my book is an appropriate time. I am excited for the holidays. The holidays are an exciting time because you're supposed to be excited about them. And that's very exciting. Like, I'm not the biggest Christmas person, but I know a lot of people are big Christmas people, and I'm just... I'm just like, good for them. Congratulations to them. I do like any holiday that has movies about it. Even like Groundhog Day. I'm like, let's go because I know exactly how to celebrate. Because there's a movie about it. Thanksgiving is coming up. Maybe I'll do a themed episode with everything that I'm grateful for. Or not uh, thankful for. Hello? It's called Thanksgiving. Not Greatsgiving. God, why did I say that? I am going to the Hamptons for Thanksgiving, which is always a pleasure. I always go to my friend's mother's house, which is absolutely stunning. And it's just always so nice to be somewhere with space and with an oven because I don't have an oven. Also, I don't have a microwave right now. Long story. I had one. It started sparking. So my roommate got a new one and... It's a long story, but it disappeared. But I am excited for Thanksgiving in the Hampties with a few friends, a little Friendsgiving, if you will. It actually annoys me when people say that because it's like, oh, you're spending Thanksgiving with friends? Uh, that How novel of an idea. I mean, maybe because I live in New York and so many people I know aren't from here and are far from their families that I'm like, yeah, it's not the wildest idea to spend Thanksgiving with friends. I'm not taking a flight from Newark to celebrate a holiday that revolves around a turkey. One of the worst forms of poultry. I always found it funny. I feel like in multiple TV shows, there are scenes during Thanksgiving. Maybe I'm just thinking of friends. I don't even know if this happened on friends, but I feel like I might just be thinking of friends. But a scene where there's a vegetarian character or parents or whoever who are like, okay, instead of a turkey, we're going to serve mashed potatoes in the shape of a turkey or something like that. And you're supposed to go, ooh, that sounds so much better. Potatoes mashed with butter and cream as opposed to a dead, dry, bland bird. That makes me want to become a vegetarian, which, by the way, I was for like almost 10 years as a kid. 
only because one time my mom gave me a burger and I didn't want to eat it. So I was like, I'm a vegetarian now. And I just kept going with it. I committed to the bit of being vegetarian. And, and you know what? I saved some lives in the process. So look at what committing to the bit can do. Also, tis the season, cuffing season. I mean, I'm not sure exactly when cuffing season begins. I assume it's been in order for a bit now. And I've been thinking about it. I've always been critical of winter being cuffing season, despite the fact that that is what I tend to do. Like when I look back on my my adult life, my five years of adult life so far, I have tended to not necessarily get cuffed, but to at least like have someone I eat dinner with every week when it's cold outside. But in theory, I sort of like the idea of summer being cuffing season because then it's like, We can go on a vacation, we can have fun, we can go to the beach each, let's go get away. Whereas winter, and I also don't adhere to this at all, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, winter, that's when you're sort of isolating in your little cocoon. That's what I'm thinking theoretically. In actual life, winter is sort of cuffing season for me. I like to date more in winter, and I like to just go out in winter. In general, I feel like the crowds are a lot cooler when it's cold outside, because summer, it's like everyone is out. Everyone is out. All the boring people who just want to hang out on rooftop bars in white sneakers, they're out. That's the crowd. Those are not people who belong out. They're just doing it for the season. And in winter, all those boring people are inside cuddling with one another, which is a nasty, perverted activity, by the way. And all the fun people are still out. That's why I don't love a rooftop bar. I do not love the crowd a rooftop bar attracts, except for the ones actually that are fully functional and thriving in the winter. I remember this one I went to. Oh, my God. I was on a date. I was on a date with this guy, older man, older fella. We went to this beautiful rooftop bar sometime around the holidays. And I remember in particular, I ordered this cocktail that was like, hot chocolate, right? I'm sure it had Baileys and whatever else in it. And the waitress literally warned me. She was like, this has so many calories and so much alcohol in it. Are you sure you want to proceed? And I was like, this is a ringing endorsement. Bring it over right now. It was wonderful. It was literally like thick, just physically thick. But anyway, my date it turns out, was married. (laughs) I don't know why I'm finishing this story when all I really wanted to say was that some rooftop bars are nice during the winter. My date turned out to be married. And I literally made a TikTok in that bar bathroom. I tried to find it before this because I remembered this story and I was like, God damn it, what did I say in that TikTok? Because I know it was something about how he was married, but I think he said something... Maybe, like, before that, he told me about how much he values transparency or something like that. Or maybe he tried to justify it in some weird way. I mean, I'm sure he did. He's a married man. That's what they do. But, yeah, I was literally like, excuse me, let me use the ladies' room. And then went in and TikToked up a storm. I've actually made a few TikToks in the bathroom in the middle of a date, 
mostly on friends only where you can post videos just for your mutuals, your muchies, if you will, because sometimes men unfortunately find my TikTok. I remember one video that I had on friends only, but I can talk about it now because it's been long enough. I was in the bathroom talking about this date. The guy was this, I guess, entrepreneur. He didn't call himself that. I think we met on an app. I don't think he called himself that on there or else I don't believe that I would have gone out with him. But who knows? Maybe I was going through a rough time in that moment. And I was like, let me go out with an entrepreneur. How much worse can it get? But he told me about his little business plan. And essentially, the idea was, okay, you know how some people get paid in cash? What if we did whatever, whatever, So they had much more of a paper trail in terms of their payment. And I was like, okay, one issue, one issue you could potentially face with that. People who get paid in cash get paid in cash for a reason, right? Like either it's just a typical under the table situation or perhaps they're undocumented, perhaps they're doing some work that's potentially illegal They get paid in cash for a reason. And there's no shame in any of that not being above board. But if it's not above board, it's not above board. You know what I mean? Like if people are getting paid in cash because they don't want to pay taxes, why would they be like, yeah, let's bring JP Morgan into the equation. I'd love to get them involved. That would be a whole bunch of fun for me. So I brought up that issue as, by the way, I don't know anything about this shit. I'm just a normal, I'm a normal person. I'm a normal girl. So if I can immediately be like, there's a problem, there's a goddamn problem. And his defense was, well, if there's anything not legal happening, that's a problem for the law, not a problem for me. And it's like, what? Uh, It is a problem for you. It is a problem for you because why would people use your product If it gets the law involved, if it creates a paper trail for something that they don't want a paper trail for, like the fact that they're in this country and they're undocumented, like the fact that they're not claiming this as income on their taxes, like the fact that they're making this money through illegal means, why wouldn't they just continue to get paid in cash? Who is this for? Who is this for? Anyway, on that occasion, too just excused myself, went to the bathroom, made a video fully ranting about this. By the way, thank God no one walked in because they would be like, this girl has anger issues. She's not even taking it out on anyone else. She's talking to her front camera. What in the world? But I can't really do that kind of stuff on on public, on public TikTok because guys now find my TikTok at an alarming rate. I'll tell you right now, I got ghosted recently, which I usually, that doesn't happen to me a ton. I think, like I know a lot of people who are always complaining about getting ghosted, and I mean, I understand why they're complaining, that sucks, but I usually have fairly good luck with not getting ghosted, but it happened recently, and I think I know why, because I went on this date, it was with this older gentleman, and we you know, had some French 75s. I had French 75s. He had a a few old fashions. And he was fully like, let's plan the second date. Like, let's go out next week. What do you want to do? 
and then never texted me. And at first I was like, that was weird. He probably died. And then I remembered that I had posted a TikTok like recently. It was probably the second one on my page at that point where I lip synced to a sound. And the text on the screen was, when I, 22 years old, this was before my 23rd, not, when I, 22 years old, realize that the older man I'm on a date with is attracted to girls in their early 20s. And the sound is like, well, you'll be convicted soon, which, by the way, hilarious TikTok. I killed that. And I genuinely, I mean, I think when he was asking me what I did for work, I probably said something that could potentially lead him to my social media unfortunately. So I think that's what I mean, maybe he just didn't like me. (laughs) Maybe he just didn't like me. And he was lying about wanting to go on a second date. I don't think so. I genuinely think that he saw that particular TikTok. And I understand it. To be fair, I was, in a way, calling him a, a, a pedo of the file variety. So good on him for never texting me. Honestly, know your worth, King. I think I've been on like zero to one dates since then, which is pretty unlike me. But I feel like now is such a weird time for dating. I was talking to someone who was like a a dating and sex columnist. And she was like, I'm not single right now. You're single. Tell me what the dating world is like. And I was like, you know what? I think the interesting thing about the dating world right now is that people are using dating apps less But I don't necessarily believe that they're meeting in person more. Like, I just think perhaps dating is just out. I mean, sex is certainly out. Who is even having sex right now? Couldn't name a name. And I know other people have noticed the same thing. And it's interesting. I mean, looking at my friends, my friends are usually sort of all dating casually in their own way, just all dating around a bit and currently my friends are either very very single like not even going on a single date or getting a little more serious not necessarily you know getting into a serious relationship but definitely like my friends whose romances usually last a night or two are at least involved in some sort of situation and my friends who normally have nothing positive to say about anyone they're seeing, are having feelings all of a sudden. It's so bizarre. I wonder why the change. I mean, maybe everyone is just sort of burned out from pretending that it was the Roaring Twenties, which, by the way, lasted for less than a year. And I was definitely one of those people who was like, it's the Roaring Twenties, baby. We're gonna party. The Roaring Twenties lasted almost a decade. That was like seven months when everyone was partying and smooching each other and whatnot, that was so short-lived. And yet I still think people are like, ooh, that was a lot. That was so much. Oh, remember when we went to three bars in one night? That was so tiring. I need to rest for two years. I mean, it's kind of understandable. I think we all very much idealized the, the post-lockdown world. And then we were in it and we were like, oh, this is still the world and the world sucks. Like, just because I'm not in my apartment right now doesn't really change that fact. We're in probably a worse world than we were when the pandemic even began. And we were not going that crazy before then. 
I mean, I certainly was, but to be fair, that's only because I was 20, if you can believe it or not, 20 when the pandemic began. So I had had a few years of, of partying in me. But prudishness is very much on the rise. I wonder if that's like actually just a direct effect of the fact that we're a lot more comfortable talking about things like sex or, or drugs or whatever, like how abstinence-only education does the exact opposite. Like now that we have full-on podcasts about hookup stories where people come on every week and talk for an hour about having SEX with other people, maybe everyone's just like, mm, we're over this. This isn't considered at all taboo anymore. So there goes the fun. Or maybe they're just like, I don't want to be in the same category as people who make podcasts about their hookup stories. I don't want to become that, which is also a fair response. And just to clarify, I'm not talking about myself. I do not tell hookup stories. Thank you very much. I tell stories about times that I accidentally go on dates with married guys and TikTok about it in the bathroom because I have some goddamn class. Why do I feel like I'm losing my voice? This is going to be kind of a short episode, but I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted to keep getting stuff out there. I think I'm trying to worry less about whether these episodes are perfect, because first of all, that never worked. I worried so much about that, and none of these episodes have been perfect, if you haven't noticed. And that is okay, and now I'm valuing just coming on here and talking to you guys, getting miscellaneous and such. Talking about how sex is out, which I am, I am curious to see where that goes. Maybe we will have some sort of roaring 20s. Maybe we'll all get in serious relationships this winter. God forbid. Maybe we'll all end up alone. And I can't wait for whatever New York Times article comes out next that analyzes the whole situation. So let me know what you think. <laughs> I sound like a, a 2014 YouTuber. Let me know your thoughts. But I am curious. DM me. Are you and your friends dating? Are you having intercourse? Are you using protection? DM me. Let me know if you use protection. Anyway, that's all for today. I'm going to go to the liquor store because something just activated within me as soon as I found out that the temperature was below 50, where I just remembered that Bailey's existed. I should tweet that. I'm going to tweet that. And then I'm going to go to the liquor store. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find me TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at GlamDemon2004. And you can follow the podcast Instagram at Let Me Ruin Your Life Pod and DM for questions, requests, stories, secrets. Honestly, tell me the gossip. Like, what's going on in your life? Did you find out anything scandalous about anyone you know? Let me know. Mm -hmm.